back, Rebels. Welcome back, you naughty little Rebels. <laughs> you, well, actually, I feel like some of the Rebels, after last week, have started to turn good. Yeah, well, we called everyone out <laughs> last week. Um, and and I've, I'm so glad that it resonated with people. And quite a few people got in touch with us and was like, you were personally attacking and calling me out. And that's so great because we were obviously talking to everyone. But um, but yeah, if you were triggered by last week's intro, that's because you know that you're not doing enough. And you know yeah. that that you need you can't let yourself off the hook and you need to fucking do the work. And it's great to get fired up and it's great to listen to us and go, yeah, I'm going to take on the bloody world. But then if you don't actually do it, then what the fuck are you doing? So well done to the people who actually did messages last week and tell us what they've done to actually t- start taking action because it is that taking action which is the most important thing and often the hardest thing to do. So well done to those people. Anyone who listened last week and hasn't taken action yet, what the hell are you doing? Like now's the time. Yes, because you live in the best time that there has ever been. I mean, yeah. I know we're in the middle of a fucking global pandemic, but all of that aside, you've got the internet and that is the, yeah. the, the internet is the great leveler. It is the playing field where uh, 10 years ago, these opportunities didn't exist. That's that's like our company was born from that. Like w- there were no opportunities. So we started using, utilizing the internet to get attention on what it was we were doing. That is just scaling, scaling, scaling. Like for us, when, when we started, like us getting attention then was through a website, there was there was no social media, but obviously things are very different now. See, on that note, I would say that things aren't that different now. I think it's still really important for people to have a website, to have a presence that they can be found from, because I think social media is great. It doesn't really have that search functionality that something like Google or YouTube has, where you can actually type something in. Like if you want to find this person's service, if you're an oil painter from Glasgow, like you're not going to be found by someone typing oil painter Glasgow on social media unless they've been re- very clever with how they've titled their names and stuff because it's not a search engine whereas actually by still having a website by still having youtube presence by having something that is searchable that's really important too and i think that's something that people don't think about too much these days they get very like swept up in everything has to be social media social media is the way to do it because you see big influencers who are doing well and you think okay well that's obviously the way to do it but actually so many businesses and so many people that we talk to who run successful businesses actually get found through people just googling them that's very true and very important and obviously a lot of our work still comes in via our website um i think that the the beauty of social media is the barrier of entry is so low so yeah i might not be able to build a website but i can start an instagram account um and i and i think that is changing because i think websites like Wix or Squarespace or whatever are they're they're basically becoming a lot more simple to use so yeah um so that people can get that first step on the ladder but um but I suppose social media is the thing because it's it's just it, it it's easy it's in your pocket it's like everything's there for you the, pl- the platform yeah. exists you don't have to build the platform I think what's great about it too is the fact that you don't need to be like at a computer to be able to do it like you can be moving around somewhere you can create content on the go You can like wake up, have an idea, post something about it, like go on Twitter, make a tweet. You don't have to be like tied to a desk to do that. Whereas building a website is actually kind of more of a sat down thing. And then to have that opportunity to share that with loads of people from just being able to do it anywhere, the barrier to entry is so low. And it also means there's no excuse not to be creating content in different places because you can do it from anywhere. Yeah, and I suppose because the barrier of entry is so low, that's why it's so hard to get discovered because the when we look at most platforms, they are awash with average content um, and 
that doesn't really rise above the pack. So it's very difficult to get your voice heard just because there's so many different people. Uh, If you spend a couple of months building up your SEO of your website, that maybe that's a better time investment than just kind of shouting into the void on a social media platform. It's, It's planting flags again, isn't it? It's, it's like there are so many different kinds of flags. And I, I understand what you're saying about, so in the beginning when no one's watching, it's like we said in the Mike Winnett episode, he was like, you've got to put out all of your best content in the beginning when yeah. no one's watching, which is really frustrating because you spend all of this time making this stuff and it, and it feels like no one's listening or watching. But if you don't put that effort in in the start, then then you don't get the rewards. Um, And like you said in this episode, it's all about finding the way to spend that seven hours with someone. And and, and ideally much more than that. And I think that stories and disappearing content is definitely a way to do that. If you've got the time to do it, I think it's just it's just another form of flag. But if you if your time is limited and you've got children and you've got a full time job and then it's then it's about focusing on what content is going to be the biggest bang for your buck um but if you but if you've got the luxury of time then then throw everything at it i think like to throw a metaphor into the mix it's almost like (laughs) it's almost like well if you're going to plant a flag what's that flagpole made out of is it made out of metal or is it made out of ice is it going to kind of melt away and then no one's going to see it in a like week's time or is it going to be there that even if you turn up there in like three years time you're still going to see that same flag flying and I think if you want to go absolute mass, it's like getting as many permanent flags in the ground. I feel like that's the way to go, like especially towards the start. Yeah, definitely. I just I just feel like there is still a place for for that that quick content. Um, and if and if you're on the bus and you can just like and you can just quickly do a message, then then I think that's cool. Well, that's the thing. I think the quick content's great for an audience that already exists it's like here's like something to grow a relationship with them i think you need the kind of the permanent content to draw people in to let you let them know who you're about and let them see like the level of quality that you can provide and then the quick stories the little tweets the things that just like reinforce that and just make it more of a an overall brand i suppose rather than just a here's a great product it's like here's a great product and then here's the stories and the emotion and stuff behind it which i feel like in the moment those things can be done anywhere like as we talked about at the start they can just be like it's easy to do and it's like if you've got the time and you're traveling or something when you might as well do something like that that's going to benefit the bigger pieces of content anyway and this reminds me when we were talking to Goldie Chan recently and we were talking about how you can actually learn from other platforms so I think I mentioned how like you could use the style of things on TikTok over on LinkedIn and I think having that ability to keep checking into all the different new things that are happening because you like you can learn so much from them like if you just spend like an hour on TikTok you can learn so much about like video creation and how to capture someone's attention in a really short span of time because you're literally flicking through things and it's like what what is it you're stopping at what is it you're kind of like that's catching your attention what is it that you actually sit and watch and then watch again and then watch again and then watch again and I think it's really important when you're on social media to actually really like analyze yourself and analyze like why am I doing this? What am I looking at? What are the things that have caught my attention and why have they caught my attention? Because it's then if you can use those going forward, it's only really going to benefit you. Like for example, like your TikTok started to grow really well because you started to put some stuff up, saw it was doing well. So like, okay, well that work is working. How can I now like 
progress on this and like make that better and start to do things in different angles and it's like all a learning curve and then when reels came out you've gone and bloody smashed it haven't you um so well yeah so <laughs> um, so yeah so I've, I've had a real go viral um my first reel that i posted on instagram has had 1.5 million views um, and from that, I've gained about 10,000 followers, um, which is crazy because everyone says that Instagram organic reach is dead. And it's definitely not because yeah. that this is this is kind of living proof of it. Um, but had I not been experimenting with TikTok since January, yeah. I don't know that that would have happened because I kind of learned how to edit a, a, a very short video because Reels is only 15 seconds. I learned how to edit a very short video that would that would catch people and like it's funny like so my instagram is at david speed uk if you go and have a look like it's the first very first reel that i posted um and and all of my reels have since then have done really well but nothing to the stage mm -hmm. of like 1.5 million um but you can see that i wasn't really thinking much about it when i posted because the the text on it is um here's 15 seconds of painting it's like i didn't think about the caption i just like yeah, i just yeah, kind yeah. of threw it up there um and and through it going like ballistic, it's then got picked up by loads of art sharing accounts that have posted it as well. And like every time an account posts it, that's got like 30K followers, 100K followers, 500,000 followers. It's, it's like- It's all just like little bits coming towards it, isn't it? It's absolutely insane. And so, so my goal with my personal Instagram was to hit 10K followers by December. And I was well on track to do that. And I'm going to write a piece up about like how how I went about doing it because because I think relying on something going viral is is like impossible. You can't do that. And and I'm going to say I was lucky, but then I probably it, it's yes, it was luck, but it's also kind of planned chance. Yeah, and it's like and it wouldn't have happened unless you'd been on TikTok learning how to do that kind of thing because it's like you a year ago had no idea how to edit a video or do anything like that and no interest in doing that whereas as soon as TikTok came along you got an interest in it started pursuing that growing it getting it so you could edit a good little video that was like 15 seconds long and it's now yeah and then now that's all that hard work that you put in there has come to fruition on this and we were talking about this the other day I think how there's always going to be new things there's always going to be that next thing that happens because people get bored of stuff don't think you've missed the boat on anything because around the corner is always going to be a new feature that's going to come out and the platforms are always going to push those new features first and give people like good exposure and good reach so i think it's so important yeah and and reels is one of those like if you yeah. can use reels like get on that now because instagram are giving it huge organic reach and i see a lot of people they're posting video content in their feed but they're uploading it as they would a normal post and they're not using the reels function yeah. and you're just le you're leaving money on the table if you're doing that and someone who's done that like really well is this week's guest who has basically conquered linkedin with video and i think like the reels it's something that linkedin started to push video because they want it to be more of a video focused platform and like if if you're doing whatever the platform wants you to do it's going to give you exposure and I think Jack's done that so well in just making constant videos on LinkedIn, which isn't kind of where most people would go and create videos, but he's on there and he's absolutely smashing it. Yeah, Jack's only 23. He, he doesn't look like the typical person that you'd expect, like the, the cliche that you would probably picture when you think of LinkedIn. Yeah. But I think that's that's a job LinkedIn need to do with their marketing is to realize like there's thousands of creators like Jack on that platform um, and actually 
it's a great place to win business. It's it's where most of our business comes from in terms of social media. So yeah. it's it's a brilliant platform to be on. And uh, this is not sponsored by LinkedIn yet. If you are at LinkedIn, give us a shout. However, this is in partnership with Adobe. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is our fifth episode in the series with Adobe that we're doing uh, out of eight. And at the end of all of these episodes, we have the challenges every week. If you guys want a free subscription to Adobe, if you go to creativerebels.co forward slash Adobe, you can go on there, like you can see all the podcasts in this series, and then you can download a free trial as well to it. And also if you do sign up through that link, then you actually help the show because we actually get a small commission off every time that you sign up to a free trial. So if you're interested in trying any Adobe products, like we use them for everything that we do, um, then yeah, sign up through that link, creativerebels.co forward slash Adobe. And yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, so listening back to this one, uh, this is such a good episode. There's so much like tactical stuff in here. Yeah, everything everything is kind of laid out in easy like here's here's what to do like step by step. I think this is kind of like a a masterclass. So um, if you are one of the people that felt attacked by our uh, by us calling you out, like listen to this episode and put put these steps into into practice, and you'll you'll be golden. Like this is this is the one. Yeah. So yeah. Jack Gaysford is a videographer, editor, content producer, and the founder of V21 Video Marketing Agency. Jack has a deep understanding of video making and storytelling for any profession and how it sits in today's ever-changing social media landscape. In this episode, we talk about going viral, starting a business, and hard work. With the use of social media, anybody can become anything that you want to be. You've just got to work for it and you've just got to dedicate the time to it. Hi Jack. Hey dude, how you doing? Welcome to the show man. Yeah, no, thank you. It's it's an absolute pleasure to be on. I've been a fan of, of the show for a very long time, so it feels quite surreal to be to be a guest really. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. It's gonna be exciting. No, welcome aboard. So you're a uh, video creator, but you've been playing around with video for a long time, right? It's not just been since you've uh, started your business. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I've been playing around with video since God, uh, since I was maybe 13, so we're talking like 10, 11 years ago, I started making a lot of content on YouTube. Again, it, it didn't really have a purpose, so to speak. It was more just, I was I was testing things out. I was editing in the, the first versions of iMovie. You know, I was filming on, I don't even know what I was filming on, some sort of camcorder by Lumix, I think. Um, so yeah, and I've, I've been doing content for a long time and it's only really been the last couple of years that I've really turned that into, into a business. I'm now doing that for, global brands I you know I've been setting up I've been doing this business story for the last couple of years as well so um, it's only recently that I've really knuckled down and tried to perfect that craft but since then it's just been a bit of a mess around and uh, a bit of a laugh really so yeah initially did you want to be a youtuber was that the absolutely the kid the kid dream yeah yeah absolutely I um I I, I love people like oh, what was his name Charlie is so cool like um Casperly Ollie White you know these these sort of vloggers that I was like yeah. their lives look so cool so I, I set out to be a, a Charlie is so cool like I got on my ukulele and I started doing some songs and then I moved into gaming content because I quite liked PewDiePie at the time yeah. so yeah I've been following a lot of YouTubers that was you know I think that's the goal of every every kid though really you know make it on YouTube earn a living play games the rest of your life and just sit comfortably yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I think they've done research, haven't they, where they've asked a bunch of kids, like, what would you want to be when they grow up? And I think something stupid, like 98% said YouTubers or influencers. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. But you can't blame them, though. It's, it's like the dream life. I mean, these YouTubers have, 
you know, they live in the biggest houses, the nicest cars. It seems like they don't do any work, but you know, you don't see the behind the scenes of, of what goes into that. And most of them actually just don't have a social life because uh, it's just hard graph making content 24-7. Yeah, so. I think that is the thing, isn't it? It's like you, you watch 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes of video, and you think, well, they're living this amazing life and all they're doing is this 10 minutes worth of work every day. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. see the hours and hours and like late nights. Like there's a lot of YouTubers who I've watched over the years, especially people who've done daily vlogs, and you realize they've basically slept about four hours a night for the last three years and their average bedtime is like 4 a.m. And it's just relentless. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's mad. I have a friend who's um who who was quite a big YouTuber. He now runs his own business, but I think he got to maybe like fifty k subscribers or something. Something and that's like that's quite significant yeah. in the world of YouTube. But um, he didn't have a social life at all. It was just three a.m. going to bed, waking up at six, grafting on content, scripting new ideas, trying to collaborate with other people as well. So it's definitely hard, and it's getting even harder. You know, as as that market is so saturated now. I'm not sure how what percentage of them are gamers, but I would imagine it's. I would say nearly half of, of what YouTube content is, maybe maybe more, I don't know. But there's a massive amount of people that are making content, so it's very hard to stand out now. I think one thing me and Adam always talk about is is sort of following your passions and your interest, finding that thread and pulling on it and seeing where it will go. Mm -hmm. And then and then following the journey because it's probably likely to take you to unplanned places. And I guess that's what's happened with you. It's like you saw this YouTube thing, you were interested in it, you followed it to see where it will go. And it actually, at the end of the day, you didn't end up being a YouTuber, but everything that happened during that journey is the foundation that you're building on today. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You know, it, those those years of making the videos that didn't go viral and maybe reached 10 views and half of those were my mum, my dad, my nan and my, my, <laughs> my granddad, you know, they allowed me to, to try new things and test things out. I didn't know at the time that I was testing, but looking back and actually having having a real hard look at the data of, of why people were consuming, what made them interested, what made them watch for longer, what made them click. That's something that I'm using today in, in the business that I've set up. I'm now doing it for, like I said, global clients. I'm doing it for myself on social media. So it would be silly to say that it hasn't led me to this point. I think it's been a massive advantage. At what point was it when you started to get your first clients? Like, in, in what way did you get those? Yeah, so I um, I finished uni, so I studied design at uni. I thought that, um, you know, I tried YouTube and it, it didn't really work. I wanted to pursue my other passion of of design. And I, I started doing design at university for three years. I finished that. I went traveling just to explore and experience something different other than the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. Um, and I came back and I just I just wanted to set up a business. I started working with my dad for a little bit um, in a recruitment company. But it was just, you know, I, I just didn't feel like I was reaching my, my full potential. And then, you know, a couple of months later after working with him, I set up V21. And I think I got my first client, I would say maybe within the first month. And it was just offering free work. And I think that that's something that's massively undervalued, especially when you start up a business or you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get that work. People aren't necessarily looking for the greatest ads or, um, you know, to, to see you every day. They're looking to, to, to prove your worth, especially when you're new, when you haven't got that experience, you need to be a credible source, you need to be professional, you need to be able to back up that you can do what you're gonna say. So I think I understood that from, from setting up the business straight away. And I thought, why would people purchase what I offer now when I can't prove that it's good? So I proved that it was good. And I said, I'll do this for you for free. If you like it and if you use it, you can then pay a small amount. You know, we're talking 50 quid, 100 quid for a massive video. 
that people still use now, which is impressive. Some of that was shot on my iPhone 6S. Some of that was shot on my GoPro. Uh, I mean, these are, these are company videos, but I feel like if you feel confident in what you do, a lot of the time clients will be very happy with you know, 60, 70% effort and they'll, that's all that they want. But it's as a creative, we strive to, to go the extra mile and, and do bigger and better down to the nitty gritty. But um, that's, that's kind of how it, how it started. And when you approached these people with the offer of free work, did you have anything to show them to say that I could make you something like this? No, I didn't. And that's, that's what I find interesting. It takes a very particular person to go, you know what? Prove me wrong. Prove me that you can make this. Um, and yeah, I asked a lot of people. I think I made, going back to the start, I made a, a list of 100 people that I, I really liked and, and liked the look of their company. I might have just searched them for them on Google that weekend. Uh, and I think out of, the, out of the 100, I think maybe three replied, two said no. And it was just the one that said, give it a go. I've been in your position before. I've started up my business. I know how tough it is. And I want, I just want to give you that chance. And I was like, hell yeah, like that's, that's awesome. I, I appreciate it. I put all of my effort into it. I stayed up late. You know, I, I grafted, I put so much effort into that single piece of content and they were amazed with it. And that was just shot on a mobile phone and a GoPro. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't shot on some of the stuff that we do now or that a lot of creatives aspire to, to shoot on. And that's a whole other, another question around, you know, is, is gear important? But yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all started really. Yeah, I suppose like going into that then, like how important is it to get the right gear before you start? Yeah, really, really good question. And I, I do think about it quite a lot. I think just going from experience, I'm not sure what you guys feel about this as well, but I really don't think it's important when you are starting. I think when you get to the level that you've you've become respected and you've become authoritarian in, in your space, and I think that you have to you have to back that. And unfortunately, as a creative, especially in, in the video production, so video marketing industry, you are instantly judged with the amount of equipment that you bring. I remember bringing my phone or a GoPro and people were thinking, this guy cannot make good content. And it's only when you walk in with a camera that's twice the size of your car that they go, oh, you obviously make some really good videos. It's just, it's not the case, but unfortunately that is just, just how we're, as an industry, perceived. And I think it's wrong. But the level of production, no way means that it's going to be a good or, or bad video. I've seen production companies shoot on, you know, red cameras and, and Alexas and make the worst piece of content yeah. you've ever seen. Um, you know, I've seen someone shoot on a, on a, on a 70D Canon, which is now outdated, and it's, tons better just because of the story just because of the passion just because of the emotion and and the creative behind that but that's what really works it's and it's going to sound cheesy but it's all down to to what's in what's in you as a creative as opposed to what you use to to make that it's a tool at the end of the day it's really funny because i know there's like photographers out there who will use one light on set yet they'll bring and set up five or six different ones to make mm. it look like they've got this huge professional thing. Mm. But actually all they need is one light. But if someone doesn't understand that all they need is one light, then having a full set of things set up to a client perceives it like perceives like it is more. And we've got a friend as well who runs a video production company and he's like he's just got a new commercial job and they said this has to be shot on a red. And this is from someone who doesn't have any experience in the film mm. world, but they know a red is an expensive, good camera. Mm. So they've said that it needs to be shot on this. Bear in mind, he already has a camera of a different brand that is probably equally as good. Mm. But because of that, he's had to sell one to invest in the other to be able to go and do this job, which just seems crazy. Yeah, it's, I find it fascinating. And it's interesting that the client also understands the gear. It's very rare that you, you 
you know, you purchase service feeling like you know better than them what they need. You're going to them because they do it better than you. So you need to listen to them. That's how that's how it works. You hire people who are better than you. If you feel like you can do it, by all means, go and purchase the 50k red camera and do it yourself. But it's not going to look the same as, as how the experts do <laughs> yeah. it. So, you know, I think a lot of people talk the talk with, with what they make and it's, you know, the size of their gear or they turn up in multiple vans for production. You don't need that, and and especially now with with I mean things like Sony and and, and Canon releasing these like mirrorless cameras and, and 4K and 8K talking about on like the new Canons, it's yeah. just insane what you can get in such a small form factor. I mean years ago 4K would be something that you'd spend 30 40k on, but now every TV has it, every camera has it, your your mobile phone has it. And it's just, I find it fascinating, fascinating sorry, to find out what's, what's going to be the future, how small that they will be, and whether we will actually be judged on the size of our camera. It's, it's interesting. It's what you do with it that counts. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly it. So I think, like, so going back to the early days, like when you, when you say, like, I'm going to set up a, a video marketing agency, that, that's quite a, like, it's quite a grand title. And I think to a lot of people, they would maybe hear those those words and think, well, I don't know how to do that because I don't really understand what one is. Um, so so what did you do in your early days? Like what was your kind of planning around starting a new business and, and what were the essential things that you had to do right at the beginning before you even got your yeah, first client? Really great question. Um, and to be completely honest, I didn't have a clue. I, I didn't have a clue when I set it up. Um, I set it up because I, I knew that for you know for a significant while i wanted to make content and i enjoyed that so i thought i could make that an opportunity and turn it into to cash and, and earn a living from it and that's exactly what's happened but um it really did take me a, a long time to to get into the process i mean even now two and a bit years on i'm still finding new things out i'm still figuring out processes you know it, it doesn't happen overnight and i think that's what, what a lot of people miss they miss and and that they they don't understand that things take time you can't wake up the next day and be you know, a, a YouTuber with 10 million subscribers. That takes years and years of graft. And it's the same with you guys. You, know, you can't just post one podcast and it goes viral. You've, you've got to make it every single day, every single week. You've got to connect with your community, support other people, make good content. And then in a year or two or three or 10, you'll get to where you want to be. But before I started it up, I think I, I, I understood what I wanted to do. And, and that was that I just wanted to make good content that shows companies and brands and people that the corporate testimonials the interviews you know the, the really corporate explainers just are a thing of the past now and we consume very differently you know with the likes of massive youtubers pretty much taking control in in, in the space um, of video it's just how we as as a generation uh, you know millennials gen z even younger than that it's just how we consume we are so fast we 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 judge instantly our brains just don't focus on on those boring videos anymore. They worked in the past, but they just don't. And that, and that was the challenge of, of setting up the business. It was trying to do something different, trying to go against what everyone knows as the norm and what was working at the time and try to prove that actually making more content is beneficial. It's it's you know, it's not investing 50k into a single video. It's it's investing into the brand and, and the reputation and the consistency of, of that content. Um, granted, there's definitely benefits of making those those bigger videos, but I think that, you know, we social sell, we buy from people and and consistency helps with that. So I, I just wanted to try and get that message across, uh, but I, I didn't have a clue how, how to even start it. 
Is that a constant barrier that you that you come across that people still think that the way to grow their business is to just put all of their money into one or two big big viral hit videos as opposed to that that kind of continual brand awareness of of if I tune in every week I'm going to get some new content. Yeah, absolutely. I I get emails probably every week saying, you know, we're looking for this brand video. We've got 50k to spend on this on this production. We need it to we need it to go viral. We need to reach 2 million people. And as, as great as that sounds, it's not going to happen, guys. Like, it's just not. Um, you, you can you can aim for viral, but you can't predict it goes viral. Viral is just the moons align in a certain way and it, it everything aligns perfectly and it just flies. But I can't predict that. I can take an educated guess, but I can't assure you that it's going to go viral. I, I, I'm happy to take your money, uh, but it's not going to work. And I, I say that, you know, the, the way to do it now is invest that massive, massive, massive amount of budget into making content for the next year, the next two years, making a podcast, starting a live stream. It's the most important thing to do. And I think that that I, I still don't feel like many people have really caught on to it. You know, I'm, I'm facing this challenge as a business owner daily. People come to us and say, oh, we've just done this corporate testimonial. It hasn't worked. Of course it hasn't worked, but you need to prove to them why it hasn't. You need to show them the other ways. I think it's just that, you know, again, we as creatives think very differently. We, we think in, in advanced a hell of a lot, whereas a lot of these companies and, and these business owners are still very stuck in the times of, let's do what's always worked. Let's make a video. Let's put it out on LinkedIn and just leave it to go viral. I think there just needs to be educational material out there to show people that it's just just not the way anymore. Yeah, because I think it's all about building a relationship with your clients. And I think too much of old like industry is just based on, I'm going to get someone to purchase this and then that's our relationship done. It's just a quick transaction. Whereas the way things are working today a lot more is the fact that people want relationships you people want to have connections with brands and it's like you're going to keep going back to that brand again and again and again it's like what's the lifetime value of that customer and i know something that daniel Priestley talked about is the fact that the way you build a relationship is to have seven hours worth of interaction with someone and you can't do that in a 30 second video unless they love that video so much that they watch it again and again and again and again several thousand times to get up to about seven hours it's just not really going to play out like that so how can you extend your content to hit seven hours worth of someone else's time mm, yeah I, I like the saying it's something along the lines of that you know you don't make lifelong friends from a one minute conversation it takes going down the pub a couple of times going out to birthday parties that you don't really want to go to but are there to support that person it takes a long time and, and that's it's just how relationships grow but uh, and i get this question a lot it's it's well how do we make more content and it's, it's not a matter of trying to make the perfect video every time because the damage there is that if it doesn't work, you've invested a lot of money into something that has just flopped. But I think that we're now steering as a society more to the, the educational perspective, the entertainment perspective. You know, there's big, big brands out there just making free content on YouTube. I know that, um, I'm not sure if I can name a few, but like monday.com are doing educational content all the time for free for their users. They're a big company. Ecosia, a search engine for God's sake, they're making weekly content around the story of why they're making this this search engine. Big, big, big brands like Tesla. Uh, Elon Musk is doing personalized walkthroughs of, of the, the engineering process of how they make their cars. Like this is fascinating for a viewer. Uh, and it might not convert people straight away, but it's all brand awareness. It's all planting that seed in, in, in and waiting for that moment of when that particular person needs your product or service, that tree will grow and they'll go, I've watched Elon's content for the last couple of years. He's the go-to guy. He is the expert. I've learned a lot from him, so I wouldn't go to anybody else. So you're essentially competing for 
relationships and, and to have your personality shine through. But it just takes a very particular person to, to really make that work. And I think if you know that now, then it's like a magic power because we're in the very lucky position of most people haven't figured that out yet. And as soon as that tipping point comes where everyone realizes because eventually it will happen it's it's just it's it's the momentum effect will pick up mm-hmm. and all of a sudden if you haven't been doing it for the past like if you didn't start today then when everyone starts doing it it's going to be a lot harder to get that traction and build that brand awareness with people because the market will be so flooded yeah it definitely will but by that time when that market is flooded something else will pop up and there'll be new people who are innovating in, in that industry and we or I will be going, you know, why is that working better than what we're doing? Uh, that's just the evolution of, of business. That's just the evolution of society. I think even now, you know, going into the deeper, deep part of that conversation, you know, we're we're now a lot, I feel like we're a lot more open as a society. We, you know, we talk about mental health. We have weeks dedicated to really thinking about it and being conscious about it, um, to, sh- to share how you feel, to, to really talk about, you know, some of the some of the deep parts that you know you may have negative experiences on and i think that that's really helpful as a society when we're becoming a lot more open it makes people feel more confident to just share and to just put themselves out there so i think you know you're going to see over the next couple of decades that we we are going to be more open and there's going to be a lot more people making content because they feel safe in the space of social media to be able to put themselves across and be supported by other people and support other people themselves so i'm really excited to see what happens over the next five ten years but I, I can only imagine that it's going to get a lot more personal, I think. And, um, you know, this this line of, of, especially on LinkedIn, platforms that are very B2B focused or, or entrepreneur focused, it's it's becoming a lot more personalized. It's it's kind of like a mixture between Facebook and YouTube and, and Instagram. You know, you're you're not getting just the job interviews and, and the, the professionals in their industry. You're actually getting creatives, you're getting videographers, uh, you're getting painters, artists. You know, it's, it's becoming a, a platform for self-expression a lot of the time. So I'm excited, I'm excited to see where everything goes. So on the topic of mental health there, I know a lot of people really struggle with the pressures of keeping up, like the pressure of, well, I have to keep making new content. And if I don't do that, something bad's going to happen. What do you say to those people who feel like they can't create enough? Yeah, that's a really good question. And this is the thing, you know, creating content is such a hard thing to invest in when you don't feel passionate about it. I'm lucky because I started making content around the industry and and the hobby that I I loved so much, video. Whereas, you know, people who are accountants, people who are recruiters, people who are in, um, you know, digital marketing or or cleaning or or something like that, it's not the most fascinating industry. That's not to discredit them. They're amazing at what they do. But it's, it's hard to think of creative content or something that inspires people and something that motivates people within those those sort of um, those industries. But all I can say is that one use of content isn't necessary to, to show how creative you are. It's actually to help other people. You've got to put your audience and your market first. And you've got to think, if I was in their position and I wanted them to purchase or I wanted them to get in touch, what would... I want to consume as that as that individual. You know, if you're if you run a cleaning company, you might want um, to view content that teaches you uh, how to keep your desk hygienic. Again, it's not instant leads, but it's just it's just educational content that you go call. Jack is the expert in that. He knows what he's talking about. I'm going to follow what he says, and oh wow, it, it actually works. So it's about, it's about providing just content that you can educate people with, and that that people can learn something from, or people can be entertained by. That's that's the hard, that's a really hard question to answer, but that's kind of the summary of, of what I would say. Um, so I mean, we know that that 
brands and companies should definitely be using video. What if you're a tattoo artist or a singer or or you're and you're just a one man band? Is it important for those creators to be making specifically video as well? Yeah, I think um, I think every industry needs to have some form of content in it. I think um, you know tattoo artists. You could have a, a daily vlog of uh, a photos of, of actually tattooing a tattoo. People love that. That markets you as the expert, that markets the, the breadth of work that you can do for your clients. Even things like you know, following that client journey after they've had a tattoo, how, they, how much they love it, what they're wearing to show it off. You know, There's a lot of content that you can make there. And again, it's not driving in business straight away, but it's just marketing you as, damn, you know, Jack is the guy who's, who's an amazing tattoo artist. People are doing it right now. And again, as singers, you know, document your journey as a solo artist trying to make it in, into the mainstream society of, of music. What, what are you currently struggling with? What are you currently working on? What, are you, what challenges are you facing? People like to see that journey. And again, it, it goes into this question of how much should you show on social media? Should you be too personal? Should you show what, what really makes you annoyed or, or what you're opinionated on? And I say, yeah, I think if you're doing it through yourself and not through a company, then you can have the opportunity to say something that um, that that company can't. Again, that's why you have personal brands. That's why you had Steve Jobs at Apple. That's why you have Elon Musk at Tesla. That's why you have um, Richard Brand Branson at, at Virgin. These guys have built authority, and they can say something very different to the company. You know, they may have an opinion, but that's that's not the company's opinion. That's Richard or Elon's or, or Steve's opinion. Um, and I think what a lot of people struggle with in that situation is yes, they would love to do all of these things, but they just don't have the time. Yeah, and, and that's a that's a huge, huge, huge issue. And it just comes down to, you know, that's when you have to weigh up the point whether or not you want to learn that craft, which for some takes weeks, some takes years, some takes you know decades to learn that. Um, you know, you're talking about very complicated software, very complicated processes that, that need that that um that experience and that education. But if it's your passion, then you haven't got another choice. You know, you, you've got to invest the time into doing that. And if you can't invest that, then you've got to pay somebody to do it. You only have two options there, do it yourself or pay somebody to do it potentially better than you. All I can say is that the benefit of making content outweighs the, the time that you think that you're losing. You know, it's, it's such a great way for business development. It's such a great thing for brand awareness. It's such a great way to, to have your take on something, to, to show what you're passionate about, to tell a story, to, to evoke some sort of emotion. You know, video is used in so many different ways. Um, but it's 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 massively viable to invest in, and I think that until you actually start to do it, you never really understand what the outcome of that is. You think, "Cool, I'm spending a couple of hours a week making two videos for social media. <clears throat> What's that actually building for me?" And you only really notice that a couple of months down the line when you start to grow your network and when people start to really support you and say, "I love your content. I want to work with you," and you go makes complete sense. So it's just time. And again, it's like we said at the start, it takes time to build this up. You can't post a piece of content and expect it to go viral. You can't post a piece of content and expect to have a million followers on LinkedIn. It doesn't work like that. And, and you know, it's about time that I think we understand the amount of graft and hard work that goes into building up these sizable networks and, and that sort of awareness. I think once you understand what you're put on this planet to do and what changes you're trying to make in the world, then then that can make things much easier for you. So if we look at the podcast, we did need the podcast to make money for us. It did have to drive revenue just because of the amount of time that we were going to put into it. But when me, Adam and Yona sat down and spoke about like what we're passionate about, so much of that is wrapped into the podcast. So that carried us through 
the beginning stages where we were becoming established where nothing was coming in from the podcast that's what kept us going because we had uh, a bigger goal that we were driving towards Mm-mm-mm. yeah and i think um i think that's important you know it's people people make content ultimately to to achieve something and usually that something is income it's it may be driven by vanity it may be to to boost your ego i don't know people do it for lots of different reasons but all i can say is you know i i started this out not to be seen as you know the next peter mckinnon i i did this to to earn a living and to earn money but i think that that's viable you know i i have learned this craft for the last 11 years that's got to be worth something you know you shooting on expensive equipment is is fine but it's it's actually the experience and and you know the years of of late nights and hard graft and trial and error that that you essentially pay for that's how i that's how i feel and i feel like you you charge based on value that's what i think but people people do it very differently and it's it's awesome to hear that you guys started this up and, and are very open about that because i think that you know transparency wins in the long run i think that you would be i think you'd be silly to think that you're just doing this for fun it's got to be it's got to make sense for you guys to be investing your time into it yeah i think we're trying to change that conversation and we're trying mm. to because I, I especially we know that a lot of sort of i mean creatives in general but specifically like artists listen to the show and artists are the absolute worst for charging for their time and and I think by changing the conversation and being more open and honest and saying like this isn't a a gift that you have to give to the world without anything coming back to you it's actually important and you will be able to sustain yourself and do more on in the planet by actually putting a roof over your head and being paid for what it is that you provide to people yeah absolutely I think it's um, you know that's that's like the golden moment though, when you realize what you want to do is also what you, you need to do for a business. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people have their passions. You know, you might have Sarah who works in recruitment who actually absolutely loves dancing and, and just wants to be a dancing coach. But it's it's such a hard jump if you if you know if you if you're stuck in that and and you need that support financially you know you need to earn an income then it's hard to pursue your passion and make a living out of it so you know I and and you guys and I'm sure many other creators are fortunate in that sense of that we've just found what clicks really early on but that isn't to discourage anybody who is in the position of where they feel like they're not living their dream life or that you know they're not doing exactly what they want to do you still have time to do it and and you know with with the use of social media, anybody can become anything that you want to be. You've just got to work for it and you've just got to dedicate the time to it. You know, if you finish at six o'clock in the evening from work, spend from eight till 1am making your business that you want to work on. It will only come if you dedicate that time to it. Uh, but, you know, some people find that impossible. Some, you know, some people just don't have the drive to, to make that work. But being ruthless, that is the only way that you can make it work. You've, you've got to you've got to put hard graft into it. So now that I'm making my videos and I've, I've shot a few things and I'm pleased with how they turn out, where do I post them? Should I be putting them on every single channel? Should I make a new YouTube, a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook, a TikTok, a Snapchat, a LinkedIn? Or should I just be posting them on one place? What's the, what's the strategy? It, it completely comes down to what you're trying to achieve with that content. You know, for you guys, it's a creative, it's an entrepreneur's, it's a business podcast. You know, you won't be posting that on TikTok because the generation are, what, like minus 13 years old? They're not going to be interested in it. 
Um, well, it, I mean, TikTok is TikTok is aging up so quickly. Mm. So I, I have a TikTok account mm. and I, I've been making content on there since January. Mm. Um, and I've noticed a shift. And as soon as quarantine kicked in, and loads of millennials were bored at home. All of a sudden, they all they all jumped on That's TikTok. True. That that platform is aging up fast, and I think mm. that it will be Instagram level in in a couple of years in terms of like overall mainstream use, unless uh, a YouTube which is trying to kill it comes mm. out with with their sort of version of it. But um, I, I think unless it's killed by another social media app i think that that's that's the way it's headed yeah I, I so I... so maybe getting a, a head start there because although you may only have like a thousand followers on there now that are relevant to you gr- like gradually that's going to grow and grow so getting that always being early is always good i think yeah and i agree and i've said this for a long time tiktok is a is a long i mean you're talking a long long long-term investment some investment actually will maybe even outweigh the length of the business um so but i, I really feel st- strongly about that you have to you have to invest into a platform that you know is somewhat going to generate you business in in the short term but it's going to build brand in the long term for me and it's you know it depends on who we're talking to here for creatives fine tiktok could be an amazing platform for recruiters or for dentists it probably won't be just because they're not on that platform just yet and and it's very difficult to build an audience on that you know as a as a tattoo artist as a dancer as a singer as a painter as a photographer or videographer tiktok is could be an amazing opportunity in six months time in a year's time there's definitely some people who are interested in that content on it at the moment but it's it's a long-term it's a long-term mindset but to come back to your question it, it really comes down on, on what you're trying to achieve with it you know my focus for the business is linkedin i make content on linkedin pretty much every single day some of that is is put onto youtube some of that is put onto instagram but they aren't the focus i am focusing on all of my time into the one platform that i know for fact generates me business it's 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 a very hard thing and it's like you said you know people need to find the time to be able to do that and i think when you're starting out especially when maybe you're starting out and you've never made content before i think that you've really got to invest time into into the one platform put all your effort into it prove that the content that you're working that you're making is working on that platform and then when you get to the point that you you understand the value understand the benefit you're getting some sort of return on investment then i think it's viable to to look at other platforms you know we're seeing and we're heavily influenced by by big influencers like gary vaynerchuk um grant Cardone, you know these guys who shove a, a plethora of content onto every single platform but again people forget they have got teams of like 40 50 man armies that are making their content for them behind the scenes i know for, i know um, one of which gary invests more into his own personal brand content than he does um, for the business's content which is incredible to think about so you can't judge yourself in the same position as them because you haven't got 50 staff who is just making a content you know army you're a one-man band you're making content on your own so you've got to invest that time into making content on the platform that that works the best for you and you only find that through testing it out um i've tried instagram i've tried tiktok and i love them so much my my heart is in those platforms but at the moment as i am a small company it seems silly to invest a huge amount of time into making content specifically for that when I know that it's not generating business in, in the short term. So, but it, it totally depends. That's a, that's a massive, massive, massive question. I mean, what, what platforms are you guys focusing on at the moment? I feel like the most important thing is to build a relationship with your audience. That is where you should put all of your effort in. If, 
like personally so it's like if how can you get that seven hours worth of content with someone how can you build a relationship if it is only 15 second videos can you get your personality across in that or can you lead somewhere use that as a lead tool to get them into somewhere else that has that they can then have those seven hours worth of content so I feel like we're obviously putting a lot of our effort into podcasts because the actual time that someone's invested with you is say an hour per episode so they only need to listen to seven episodes to build a level of trust with with you for that so, so if we decided to launch a product or something we would get a lot more people by that because we already have people who trust us whereas if we were just trying to do little quick snippets here and there or just posting pictures onto instagram that's like you're only seeing two seconds three seconds at a time worth of value there so it's like do you want to be someone who someone just like looks at thinks that's nice that's a bit entertaining but they don't care who you are and scroll past it or are you going to be someone who actually provides that person with value really really great question again and again you know it depends on what you're trying to achieve there's many different ways that you can make content. I don't think that there's one one way of doing content that is perfect. I think that you have to um, you have to mismatch and diversify what you create. You know, uh, again, I, I'll use myself as an example here. I will make content every single week that is maybe one to two minutes long. That isn't necessarily the relationship builders. The relationship builders comes from podcasts and live streams. Those smaller pieces of content are, again, just I guess putting water into that seed that you've planted into the heads that I'm still here. Uh, and if you need me, we can grow together. You know, it's it's all about brand awareness. It's all about memorability. Um, and it's why I say I'm going completely contradictory to what I've just said, but it's important to post on lots of different platforms with lots of different types of content because it's it's all good brand awareness. And, and you, you'd never really know what stage somebody is when they're viewing your content in purchasing with you or, or you know qualifying them as, as a lead or how much business jogging you want to talk about but um there will be people in all different stages there will be a chat you know a, a lady that watches your podcast and thinks amazing three months later she may see a photo on instagram go oh you know I, I meant to contact those guys that's that just happens and, and you can't track that that's that's just how how we consume content you know again same with gary v and, and grant they make podcasts they do live streams they do micro content they do hour-long keynote speaks at ted you know it's it's catering to so many different types of audiences um and all of which are going to consume very differently all of which will then maybe go on to a different type of platform and still see them making content and it's just refreshing their minds saying yep they're still there if we need and they're still there if we need to ask advice so it's all for brand awareness and, and memorability definitely so your main platform is linkedin and whenever we mention to students that they should be on linkedin they kind of balk at it and go oh what isn't that isn't that the one for professionals like and they they have a real, real resistance to it you're a young guy you're using linkedin and you're getting like I would imagine a large amount of your income comes mm. through leads that are generated on on LinkedIn. Why mm. is it a good platform? And is there a, a barrier to entry when it comes to age? Um, I think a lot of the younger generation still see, and I'm not sure if this is just how they market their platform, but a lot of the younger generation see LinkedIn as this really businessy, stuffy, corporate B2B platform where everyone's looking at jobs and everyone's trying to recruit and I think that that's just the perception that, you know, over the last seven, eight years of, of having that platform up, it's just built by itself. You know, Instagram used to be very different. We're seeing tons of memes on, on that platform at the moment. We're seeing different types of creative on there as well. YouTube's changing, Twitch is changing. Um, and that's just the natural progression of, of social media. But I can say from experience um, that LinkedIn is such a great platform 
if you are starting out and you don't want to receive that negativity. Uh, you know, I started out on YouTube. YouTube is hard. Uh, you know, <laughs> people are are mean. They are rude. They are negative. Uh, you have trolls that literally dedicate entire days just to make people feel bad. Um, LinkedIn isn't that platform. You know, yeah, I, I think that they're they're definitely of the older generation. You know, we're talking. You know, mainly I think 35s to 50s in in that. I think that's that's the mass majority of them. Um, and again, it's it's going to depend on on what you're offering, where your audience lies, what people, what content they want to consume. But for me, if you know, if you are in, if you are running a business that is catering to the B2B space and you're talking to that sort of demographic, i.e. 35 to, to 50, maybe even just a little bit younger. Again, we're seeing lots of younger people join the platform, but we just need more on there. Then it's, it's, it's a great platform to be on. It's just support. And you've got to think, you know, people who consume your content are also professionals in their industry. They have a credible reputation uh, and they've got to maintain that. If they are seen as degrading or being a negative or being rude or or sassy or bad in one of your videos, they're going to look bad. So it's- And a, the chances it, are their boss is going to see it because they're following them and, and it will yeah. pop up on their feed. Yeah, and that's exactly it. So everyone's very conscious on LinkedIn of how they look. And I think that there's definitely a lot of a lot of people who don't really know where they sit uh, or they're very conscious of putting out something that might be a little bit opinionated. But, you know, I, I started to test it out and see how well the content that I made worked. And it's worked well. You know, I, I wouldn't be in the position that I am now if it hadn't have worked. But it's, again, it's just taken a couple of years to really build up and, and test that out. So, but no, I would wholeheartedly say if you're starting out with content and you're running a business and you're, you know that you're making that content as an investment into the company, LinkedIn is, is potentially even the only place that really, really, really works. But again, all other platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Byte, that's a new one. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, but they're all yeah. viable platforms to invest in um, for brand awareness. But again, it depends on what, what you're trying to achieve. I mean, I, I don't see a, a bright future for Byte, to be honest, because mm. it doesn't feel any different to Vine. So it's mm. made by the producers of Vine and it's still six second videos. And the format of having one minute on TikTok, I just don't understand why anyone would sacrifice that in order to have only six seconds on, on Byte. It doesn't doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, it's interesting because um, it's like we said earlier, you know, we are as a generation, as Gen Z's, as millennials, consuming content even faster. And it seems to be getting faster every year. Our demand for quick content and to grab our attention, it needs immediacy and it needs to be very quick. So I, I understand why the six seconds, but I just don't think that we are ready to, to consume that fast. It's almost too fast. Um, as a creative, it's, it's great to challenge yourself to try and create something that adds value or that tells a story in those six seconds. So it's, it's, it's a great platform to kind of home your craft and see what works and test new things out. But um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't think it's got the lifespan of, of Vine. Um, you know, Vine died for a reason. So why try to create it? It's all about innovating different platforms. And that's why TikTok's doing really well. I think giving people the option is always, I feel like that's what people want these days. They don't want to be forced into six seconds. Like if you're posting onto YouTube, you could post like, hours long worth of content if you wanted to if you're on tiktok you can post a 10 second clip or you can post a minute clip like it's there for you to post whatever you want on i feel like tiktok will i think could get really good if it went up to 10 minutes for, for like certain users if you wanted to because i feel like that's where you're going to get real value because unless you just want it's, it's like people who don't bother to read a book they just want to get see a meme that says a quick little snippet to get like a little rush mm. it's like yes you're going to get a quick bit of motivation but you're not actually going to learn anything from it yeah it's and it, it is this is the platform's choice you know 
it's and that's whether or not you know they want to compete with IGTV, which seems to have died. I remember when it came out, and I was fascinated by it. Uh, you know, the ability to have ten-minute content, but I don't see a lot of people using it. Portrait video, I think, is still on the uprise. I think it will be the future of content. Absolutely. Um, on that note, I feel like IGTV has taken a bit of turn since quarantine because mm-hmm. I noticed that now Instagram Lives are really, really popular. Instagram no longer allows you to save that live onto your story. Mm. So you have to download it and put onto IGTV in a way for them to get that to move over. Mm. And I know there's a lot of people now who are doing fitness classes and other things that they would watch in a live. And now that live's being saved and put onto IGTV as a place that people can go to as a resource to go and consume that content. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, I can never, I don't think anyone can ever really predict what's going to happen, but I, you know, social media makes, changes to their platform for a reason. And, and social media will always be, it'll always change. Different people will come on, they'll, they'll demand different things. And it's the question of you know supply and demand. They've, they've obviously seen a market for, for that change. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, to be honest, guys, I don't really know what the future of social media is. I, all I know is that we are consuming faster than ever before. It's, you know, it's gonna come down to personality and, and reputation and, and relationships, I think, in the long run. But I just can't predict what's, what's gonna happen. Yeah, and and I think it's funny that whenever we do have discussions of social media, no one or rare people rarely mention podcasts, mm. and I almost see that as its own separate. It, it's like our our best interaction, our best rate of 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 consumption from other people is through the podcast, and so I think people are even though it is there are a lot of people that do make podcasts, I still think it's an untapped resource that not enough people are spending time on yeah and i think it's just it's just a new ish i mean it's been around for a long time but it's it's um it's only really been heard about the last couple of years i mean i know that joe rogan signed up with um i can't remember who they were spotify that's it and their um their stocks flew up their their business flew up they paid him a hundred million and i think they increased their stock price by five billion yeah it's it's crazy so Podcasts have an impact, and I think that they are going to be, um, you know, again, it's like it's down to convenience. The, the products and services that really work, it's it's based on convenience. It's based on saving you time or things that you can do while you're whilst you're doing something else. Podcasts are great because you can learn, you can you can consume, you can laugh, you can feel emotion when you're driving, when you're on the tube, when you're on the train. You can just plug it in. You're you know you could be doing something else, you could be playing football with your mates and listening and learning at the same time. So it's all about convenience, and I think I definitely think that podcasts. I think that every company, every person should have a podcast. Um, whether or not people listen to that, I don't know, but it depends how interesting you are and, and what you do. But it's it's a great way to to actually just talk and get yourself out there and 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 be a bit more transparent and a bit more real. But if if you know if Joe Rogan hasn't proved that podcasts are the future, then <laughs> then yeah, you yeah. need to open your eyes. <laughs> when it comes to LinkedIn, it's it's not as glamorous as as maybe Instagram or whatever, but it's still definitely possible to become an quote unquote influencer within that platform, and which which you have done. Like, what are some of the techniques that people can use to become well known on that platform yeah um good good point linkedin's very different i think to be honest i think a lot of social media is very difficult to become an an influencer on at the moment just because there's there's nothing other than tiktok essentially there's nothing that's really new there's nothing that's you know that's really 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 innovated and and that has completely changed the game you know you've got to think linkedin Two years ago, so just as I was starting up the business, didn't even have the option to post native video. 
that's antiquated. YouTube have been doing that for, for ages and ages. Instagram have been doing that for ages. Um, Livestream has been around for ages. So it's definitely, it's definitely, definitely behind the times in terms of what you can do as a content creator. But I see that as leverage. I see that as an opportunity that it's not saturated yet. Yeah, sure, we're seeing a lot of people making content on the platform. Uh, a lot of people are testing things out. Most of it's garbage content, but you have to start somewhere. But it, there's there's definitely a massive advantage for people who really understand good content and really understand their craft and and their market to be earning and money and to be running a business on it. Um, but yeah, if, of course it's different to Instagram because the demographics are completely different. You know, the the creative execution of content is completely different. LinkedIn's and I've tested this out myself. LinkedIn content really works if it's a little bit more professional than I think say YouTube or Twitch or something like that, you know, YouTube, you can get away with pretty much everything. There's a lot of new rules and regulations now to be child friendly and, and not swear and all this sort of stuff, but you can still be a bit wacky. You can still be a bit edgy. You can still say things that you can't really on, on, on LinkedIn. So it depends on what sort of person you are. You know, if, if you're swearing all the time, if you're, if you're, if you're to the point that it's just a bit too edgy, you can kind of get away with that on, on YouTube and on Instagram. But on LinkedIn, it's just you just you just can't. You know, again, you're building a professional reputation. You're you're building credibility and respect, and that that really only comes from sharing your knowledge, being an expert in your field, making content that appeals to the demographic of the older-ish generation. Again, we're seeing some more people come on, but um, the platform's completely different. I think to anyone who's like scared by what Jack just said there, I I would get them to go and watch Jack's videos because. Like it's not it's not stuffy no. and uptight. It's like you can still be yourself and have like your your videos are funny. They've got lots of personality, and so yes, you do have to be more professional. But I don't want people to think that like it's this very sort of boxed in place because because you can be creative on there. Yeah, I feel like LinkedIn is the place where like it's whatever room you're in. It's any situation in in life. It's like you'll be talking to your mates different to how you talk to people at work, to how you talk to your family. Like there's different rooms for different things. And I feel like LinkedIn is just a place where you talk to someone like you're having a normal conversation, like in a more of a work environment. It's like they're still friendly. It can still be funny but it just doesn't have to be silly. It's like at work, I'm not going to pull out an inflatable and do something stupid with it. Well, maybe I would, but... You probably would. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, you're just going to have more of a serious conversation. It's like, it's more of a networking environment. It's like this week, I've had two conversations on the on like a, on the Zoom call with people that I've met on LinkedIn and they're more meeting based. It's like, I've gone for a coffee with someone. I think that's probably the difference. It's like, LinkedIn is like I'm having a coffee with someone this is how I'm talking to them on that level whereas YouTube might be a bit more I'm less informative and educational I'm more entertaining and this, it's knowing the room you're in I think yeah definitely and I think that it's important to touch on that guys because you know, I'm not trying to scare people off saying you know you have to make content on LinkedIn if you're in a full three-piece suit and tie and yeah. you know that's not the case for some people yeah fine but for majority, it's it's really not. And it's becoming this platform where you can get away with a little bit more. I'm, I'm testing this out myself at the moment, even just down to the style of editing. It's a little bit bit wacky, a bit more funky, a bit more me. Um, and it's resonating really well. People are really enjoying it. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely a line that's being crossed, but I think it's acceptable at the moment. But again, you know, we are, as creatives, as people, we all have that sort of professional, reputable side of us 
Um, but it just, and it's like, you know, you, you, you'll talk differently to different people. You'll hold yourself differently if you're in an interview or if you're with your mates at the pub or if you're with your family, with your partner, you, you know, you're going to have different versions of yourself. LinkedIn is just the version of yourself that is conscious of how of how you're seen and, and, and what the point of content is. You know, it's getting really into the analytical side of things, uh, but you can be creative. Uh, whereas I feel that Instagram and TikTok are more um, expressive platforms. You can get away with a lot more. You can really be yourself and, and be more entertaining as a personality. But those those gaps, I think, are slowly being filled on, on each platform. Instagram, I saw I saw some um, content on Instagram this morning that was um, a five minute IGT video on, on how to clean your windows at home. Like, I know that that's not the most fun, but it's it's that what that would work on LinkedIn because it's it's educational. It's it's I guess it's somewhat boring in a sense, but it's it's informative. It's showing that you're the expert in cleaning windows or something. So the, the lines are definitely crossing, but I think that that's a good thing. So when you first start making content and inevitably no one's mm. watching, how do you deal with that? Oh, that's a big one. How did you guys start when you, you know when you first started the podcast? What was your you know how many views did you get on your on your first ever podcast that you made? So I, I think it's it's that's a different question as to when we first started our business because when we first started our business we knew so much less then when it got to the podcast, we we were kind of able mm. to hack it. In a yeah, way. and I think when we launched the podcast, we'd already built, we, there was 10 years worth of relationships built there. We'd met so many people along the way who helped spread what we believed in and they believed what we believed. Whereas when we first started our initial business, that was like, no one knew what it was. No one, we didn't have any connections. It was just like our friends rather than people we'd met in a professional environment. Yeah. So are you talking about it from the perspective of the brand new business, no relationships built, yeah. literally no views? Okay. That's a really tough one because it's very hard to gauge whether or not your content's doing well or not. Link, and this is why I say LinkedIn's a really great one, just because the organic reach, so the attention that you get for free without paying for that with ads is very high. And it's because it's very unsaturated. LinkedIn as a platform is still encouraging people to post. It's still encouraging people to be part of that community. And it's getting people hooked on, on those metrics, on the amazing reach that you can get. You know, I've seen people who have literally started up a, a you know, a SaaS company startup, uh, week one have made a, a video and it's gone absolutely crazy 50,000 views you know it, it depends on the content um, and LinkedIn does this beautiful thing at the moment and it's it's essentially they, they grab something called a lookalike audience from who's watching your content so um, say that you guys watch my content on LinkedIn LinkedIn would then take that information in terms of where you're based how old you are what you do as a profession and say cool this type of person likes Jack's content so we're going to show Jack's content to these exact people and it's a really interesting um, change in their algorithm because it used to just be very broad and, and push push and push and, and sort of test within the first hour how much engagement that gets and just push it to more people if it, if it works because it keeps people on the platform but there's still a huge opportunity to to grow yourself organically from the first piece of content that you've ever made on social media when you've just started a business up and it's based on the value of the content that you're making it it's it's based on the 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 enthusiasm and the passion that you have for what you're talking about you know if you're sitting there in a suit and tie and you've just started a business up and you're saying oh come to us if you want to purchase our products and services we do great services people are going to be bored because it's not good content again you've got to think about how you consume what do you engage yourself with what makes you stop what makes you click what attracts you to certain content is it the title is it the colors is it the you know is it that that person's 
might be attractive. We all we all engage very differently, um, and you'll only learn it from from doing it. You know, I would say don't don't even look at the likes, at the views, at the comments, at the vanity metrics until you're a couple of months in, until you've until you yourself feel confident that you can make good content. The first few videos are always going to be bad. Uh, my first video was terrible, and it's still up there if people want to watch it. Um, I think it's on Jack So Simple or something like that YouTube channel, so check it out. But um, it was awful, and, and you, you learn and you grow over time, and that's just how it works. There's a quote that I follow, so it's not necessarily business advice, it's more of a mantra from a, from a chap called um, Pablo Picasso, and he says that the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give that gift away. I love that because it's finding what you enjoy, and it's essentially giving that information once you've learned it yourself and once you've tested it out and, and have experience behind you to teach other people what you know, because that's going to benefit them. That has, that has been at the front of my mind since starting this business up. It's always been to show people that the old way of doing video, the old way of marketing is not what we should be doing currently. And if I can test that out myself by making content every single week, if I can prove that I am an authority when I give this information away and I can learn that myself and I can give it to you, that's all I ever want. And as a byproduct, that, that generates me business. So I found on this, on this journey of setting up my, my company that you know how we buy is different. People really do buy from people. Um, unless you're like a global brand like Coca-Cola or Apple, people buy because you make good products and, and provide good services. But when, you're, when you are smaller, you're a small to medium-sized company or agency, you know, it really is people do buy into the people. And that just takes, takes a long time to build. Yeah, on top of that quote that you said there, um, I interviewed someone called Lindsay Adler. And she, she basically said, like, give away all of your secrets because then that's going to push you forward. Because if you, you just hold on to them, keep them secret, then you're going to just be sat there content. You're never going to drive yourself and improve yourself. Yeah, that's it. And it's, you know, it's why I said earlier, you've always got to think about audience first. If, you are, if you're investing in this with, with the mindset that you yourself want to be famous and you want to go viral, then it's always going to, it's destined to fail because it's, it's you know, I strongly believe that what you do has to help others in some way or another you know even the subtle things just by teaching them about how to edit a video that's still valuable to somebody and what what you know i guarantee you that a lot of people won't know you know as creatives we sit in this world of that oh how do you not know what premiere pro is how do you not know how to do a mask how do you not know how to color correct but people don't just because it's not it's not in their mindset um and i feel it's my duty as an expert as a creative to teach people who aren't in this industry that this is actually the process that that we go through you know that's making me the expert that's that's again great brand awareness for me but it's it's starting a bigger conversation around that actually maybe it's not as easy as just editing a video maybe there is a, a big process here that's why i can understand why he's charging what what he does and, and that conversation will, will happen at some point i'm sure boom jack this is amazing where can people find you online uh you can check me out on linkedin just type in jack gaysford on linkedin um if not check out v21 www.v21.co.uk but linkedin is, is the go-to place um no it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you guys i've really really enjoyed it Boom. yeah i really enjoyed this dude no thanks for having me on hey, hey before you go we've got a competition for you Every week as part of this Adobe Creative Rebels partnership, we're giving away a free mentor session with those of the Creative Rebels and a year's free subscription to the Adobe Creative Cloud. The four runners up every week will also get another year's subscription to Adobe Creative Cloud. So this week's challenge, inspired by our amazing guest, Jack Gaysford, is to create an advert with an impact. We want you to create a short 30 second advert for whatever it is you love doing, whether that's your side hustle or your hobby. Use Premiere Pro to do this, and I can't wait to see what you create. 
And remember, a great advert doesn't talk all about you, it lets the customer know what you can do for them. If you don't have Premiere Pro or the Creative Cloud, you can go to creativerebels.co forward slash Adobe for a free trial. The winners will be selected by me and David in two weeks from the day this goes live. To enter, use the hashtag AdobeXCreativeRebels on Instagram. So, what are you waiting for? Let's get creating. See ya.